Sorry. You have to figure out the right thing to wear, and I never do. It just rubs it the littlest bit. Okay, that's my problem, not yours. (laughs) So, uh, Steve and I were just chatting um, between ourselves and uh, what is it that we're really appreciating sitting in on the groups with Sayadaw, but also all our our years of practice with him, if you had to cull it down. And um, the the thing uh, that's popping up to us is how, I'm sure you've, hopefully you've noticed this. Obviously, I'm talking about it in case you didn't. Um, (laughs) That whatever... uh, is, is brought to him, you know, when, whenever you say something in a group or when we're just hanging out, too. Um, he always, so far, has an uncompromising way of beating that situation from, from right view. You know, that he always, whatever you say, and pay attention in the groups and see this, not just to your own experience, that um, he doesn't kind of say, well, what can we do to fix it? And how can we make you feel better? And sometimes at the bottom, don't you just want that? You know, <laughs> like if you do this, you'll feel better. But he never comes from that. He always will come from right view, meaning in the mind that's not colored, you know, by confusion, seeing things in this moment the way they actually are. And moment af- leads to moment after moment of awareness colored with right view that his absolute, well, as far as I can tell, uncompromising faith from knowing that that leads to freedom. That all we have to do is take care of right view and moment-to-moment awareness, and that's the conditions that allow for the natural arising of wisdom, seeing cause and effect, seeing how our mind works, and the side effects of that or, as he often says, calm or peace or the suffering in the mind is released. It's not about fixing the situation, huh? but about coming from that point of, of right view. The steady awareness, insight, wisdom will naturally happen. It's not an act of will. All we have to do is take care of the awareness. And so from... Our perspective, Steve and mine, which is very, we feel very honored, to hear over and over and over, and I've sat in on many groups in the past too, I've never heard that waver. And there's times when, you know, I, I can't think of a particular example, it doesn't matter no, if it's even anyone here, but when a situation or someone just seems like, you know, so suffering, and it's really hard, and, and the temptation would be to say, well, Never mind right view. That's, that's too hard to do right now. Why not, you know, take a walk or do some metta or something? All of which are useful. And he'll often give a tool next. But it's, it's not the first thing. And I so appreciate that because if we thought, well, this situation is too complicated. You're suffering too much. Right view isn't useful here. Awareness won't cut it. That throws the whole thing out. Do you know what I mean? There's a sutta uh, about a different thing from the Buddhas where he's talking about the perception of impermanence, the perception of anicca, is what leads us to freedom, basically, in a nutshell. He's not saying 
getting to a Nietzsche, he's saying perceiving things as they actually are, impermanence, that's right view. That perception of a Nietzsche leads us to freedom. What he goes on to say in that sutta is, he picks up like a little piece of dirt under his fingernail and he says, because he's saying a Nietzsche is that's the way it is. There's nothing that's not ephemeral, that doesn't arise and, and change immediately, basically. He said, if there was even the amount of dirt under my fingernail, if there was even that amount of physical or mental experience that did not change, that was permanent, then the whole living of the holy life would not be possible. There's not like exceptions. And that's what I, I feel for when he's trying to He's just expressing his way of being in the world and trying to offer us that. I'm not saying it's the only way, but when it's not the only way of practice, of course. But this is what I really feel uh, I've learned and he's offering is the uncompromising knowing that in the moment that, you know, the mind isn't colored and we rec- or the mind has greed in it and we recognize greed, that's right view. Oh, greed is like this, right? In that moment, and in the steadiness of awareness, it cannot help but be that wisdom arises because the steadiness of awareness with right view reveals things as they are. And there's not like some time that that isn't true. You know? It's true in all cases, but not right now. I can't view, you know. It's true there's times we can't find right view, sure. So then he goes on to talk about, maybe you've heard him um, say this, where he talks about borrowed right view. Huh? Have you heard him say that? He, 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 that's not a put down. Remember when he, when he talked about, and this is in the suttas too, the three kind of levels of wisdom. Do you remember that? The first level, sutta mayapanya, is um, learned, heard. Sutta really means heard wisdom. So all the yakking, anything we've read, listening to talks, everything he's saying to us about right view and take care of your word, that's all heard or learned wisdom, right? Very important. Uh, What I just said about um, everything is impermanent. And we all go, "Uh uh-huh, that's learned wisdom. The second level is on a level of our intelligence, you know, chintamaya panya of our thinking, that is true. You know, everything's impermanent. I can see that. You know, I can look and I can see that things are changing. And intellectually, it's making sense. It's a little deeper. But that hasn't really shifted the perception. That really hasn't, in that moment, liberated, right? And when it's on the level of insight, which is like, oh. And he says, using impermanence, he was using this in a, in a group the other day. He said, people come in, and this is in Burma, where there's a lot of, um, people come from a lot of other Burmese teachers, so there's certain kind of ways of talking. And one is there's a particular experience in meditation that is called in the lingo arising and passing away. So people will come into him often and say, I see things arising and passing away, so now I know impermanence. And he says, you know, we all see stuff coming and going. That isn't the same as insight. And experience isn't insight. Insight is that wisdom arising in the mind stream in a moment. And in that moment, oh, yeah. And in that moment, the clinging will let go. We can't will our way into that. But it's a natural effect of steady awareness. So when he talks about borrowed right view, he's talking about this first and, to some extent, the second level of wisdom, 
where we say, right view. Okay, when in that moment when the mind isn't colored by greed, by aversion, by delusion, you can just see things as they are. That, that steadiness of that awareness, everything I just said. We can go, okay, yeah, that makes sense. So that's borrowed right view. And he said, that's useful. That's useful. But it's not going to have the effect of a really knowing, oh, that's the way things are, right? But it helps us. So we're sitting and we're struggling. I'm saying, we're, I'm making this up. Say you're feeling disappointment or grief or frustration. Ah, oh, frustration, oh, was it going to go away? Huh? Oh, right, that's right. It's this right view, seeing it as it is. So if I see this frustration as it is, that's a memory. I'm not, I have something we've heard. Oh, frustration, that's a, a mental state. That's impermanence. It's impermanent. That helps me a lot. That's borrowed right view. Oh, yeah, it's impermanent. Now, because I actually have had experiences of knowing it's impermanent, at some point that borrowed right view gives me in that moment the energy, the trust to try again, so to speak, to bring awareness to what's happening. Just to even remember, for God's sake, I could bring awareness to what happened, that that's an option rather than hating it or getting all caught up. Oh, yeah, I could be aware. What's actually happening? It's what's actually happening. Tightness, burning. I hate this. That sounds like aversion. Tightness, you know, okay. Aversion's like this. No, 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 aversion like that. No, I'm watching, I'm watching. It's not going away. I'm watching, I'm mindful, I'm noting. Hmm. Oh, yeah. What's going on in the mind? Now, all of that's borrowed right view, but it's useful. We can't make, as, it, as an act of will, the bhavana, my opinion, the insight level arise. But it does, right? You've all had experiences where it does. Oh, right. Frustration's like this. And it's just what it is. And like someone was describing the other day, turned everything on its head and it was just fine. The fine, it's just fine now, isn't what we're going for. That's an effect. That's a side effect of the cause of seeing clearly. But we get sidetracked into... Now it's fine. So the next time it happens, we remember, that was fine. How can I make it happen again? Right? And we miss that that's not right view, that there's wanting in that. But now when we get interested in how that's all working, that brings back right view again. How is this working? How, you know, how is this different? From, I did this before and it was fine. Why isn't it working now? Why? And then what's happening in the mind? You remember. So he's saying, right view, seeing things as they are. If we take care of our awareness, we use borrowed right view. It's helpful. It gives us the faith, the energy to keep going. And out of our control, out of our willpower, insight, seeing things clearly just for a moment does arise. And as you all see, that gives a lot more confidence, doesn't it? Confidence, faith, sadha, which gives the energy to keep going to keep on the momentum of awareness, to take care of awareness. That's mindfulness. So that's the first three of the five spiritual faculties. The faith, the confidence, gives rise to the energy to keep the next moment of mindfulness, the next moment of awareness, which that momentum brings the stability, the steadiness of mind, which is samadhi, and that steadiness of momentum allows wisdom to arise, which again strengthens the faith. 
So when he says awareness alone is not enough, awareness with wisdom, awareness is working with all the five spiritual faculties in a moment when insight comes, not out of our willpower, just taking care of the awareness. Huh? So I'll give you an example. Some of you heard this because it was from a group, but two examples from his own practice, he said, in, in a couple of the groups. How when we can't will when the insight will come, when it'll really come in. But when it does, you can't miss it. So he was describing for himself. His teacher was Shui Yumin. And, and he, I mean, he was fortunate to have close connection with this teacher his whole life. And anyway, he said at one point, his teacher said to him, what we've all heard 10 million times. Right view is seeing things as they are. So take care of right view. And we're all here, yeah, yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, right view is seeing things. Well, somehow he said this one time, it totally went in to where he completely got it. Oh, right view just means seeing things as they are. Anatta. Whatever's happening is just happening. Right view is just seeing things as they are occurring, as it really is in this moment. And he said he got that so thoroughly that, because he was, he was living at home, living the lay life, that then he just got really interested in whatever arose in his mind or in the situation. He just, oh, seeing it as it is, that's right view. So I'm practicing fine. You know, whatever would come, he would be interested. If it was greed, if it was anger, if it was frustration, if it was love, if it was tiredness, if it was working in his shop, whatever it is. And something would come up and go, oh, I'm seeing angers like this. That's right view. And he just got fascinated. So I thought, you know, and then he said, we've all heard that. Is that what we're doing? Maybe not. And I noticed in myself, just as I was taking these notes, how my mind would tend to go, right view, seeing things as they are. And then I start looking and anger comes up and resistance comes up and my mind has this idea in the background seeing things as they are, but once I get that, this bad stuff isn't supposed to be happening anymore, right? <laughs> seeing things as they are means nothing, the calaises never come up again. And when they do, we say, what's wrong? Right then, that's wrong view. We're not seeing things as they are. So it's really quite radical the way he, so he goes home. Oh, seeing things as they are. I'm so angry. Wow, look at that, angry. And then because there's the steadiness of awareness, we see what triggered the anger. We see the unpleasantness. We see how it grows. We see how the, the mood in the mind affects the perception of the object, how paying attention to the object and not the mood strengthens the mood, how awareness of the mood allows it to d- diffuse, but not because we want it to diffuse, but just because the negativity is not being fed. We see all that simply because awareness is interested in how is it working, what's happening right now, no matter what's happening. So he said when it really went in, that was the effect. So sit here and will it to go in and have that effect, you know? It already doesn't work. It's already wanting. Oh, wanting is like this. It's fascinating. So that's one example. And then later in another group, uh, the discussion was coming up really about practicing for enlightenment, about aspiration versus striving, my shorthand. And I'm paraphrasing a little, but he's saying, of course we have aspiration. You know, a sense of, you know, we're going to the mountaintop or whatever we're practicing for. You have some sense of a, a goal in that way, aspiration. 
But once you look at the mountaintop and you're walking up, you don't keep like looking at the mountaintop, right? You fall over your feet, you fall on your face, you let it go. And it's just moment to moment, this step. Well, you've all, I mean, I'm sure you've all heard that a million times because we're always saying mindfulness is just this moment. The practice is this moment. But who believes that? Um, so, so again, he gave an example from his life. <laughs> he said, for many years, again, when he's a lay person, he did most of his practice as a lay person. He, he really had this, like, you know, enlightenment or bust kind of mentality, very gung-ho young man. And he would, you know, go and spend time in the monastery. And he said, in his language, really go for it, you know. He'd really go there and totally put in all his effort and going for enlightenment. And he said, after, I don't know how long, sometimes of doing this, he said, through a series of incidents, and he didn't say what they were, somehow he really got, oh, this isn't working. This isn't, you know, this isn't working. So... When he says he gets it, like he really gets it. We get it like for a second, and then we forget it isn't working, and we think we're being lazy. I have to go for bust again, right? But he really got it, said it wasn't working somehow. And he said just, he quit going to the monastery so much, but he just kept doing his practice, his moment-to-moment, you know, mindfulness, moment-to-moment, awareness with right view in his life, like all the time. He really means all the time. That it becomes the priority of what's most important, what's most interesting in life. And to me, that's the main thing. You know, we all say, how can we practice in our life? Well, it has to be the most important thing, or we don't, because something else is more important, like what do I want for dinner is more important, or, you know, whatever. It's not a judgment. It's just to look and see. But anyway, what he said about it was, so he just started practicing in his life. And what he found is his mind became, I love this, this is how Matet translated it, his mind felt more simple and clean, He wasn't meditating in his life to get enlightenment. Not even meditating, just watching the mind moment to moment. But simply it became this real, um, I'm quoting, a real joy and interest, just a love of the practice of awareness itself. So the the motivation from this simple and clean mind is just to see what's happening now. What's reality as it is right now? And in that mood, whatever arises, it's okay. I mean, we like it, we don't like it, but that's also the next object. There's nothing that's outside of awareness, of right view. With right view, anything we observe becomes an object, and the fascination, the love, is for this process of, of awareness, moment to moment, momentum of awareness itself, just seeing how the mind's working. So in some ways, I think he would say this, this retreat isn't about to have some good result or to have some experience or in any way to to get something. And I know subtly in the back of my mind for so many years, well, I can't say it's gone. I would go to retreats and say, okay, now I'm just here because I love to practice. But somewhere back there, right, is this going to be the one? Is this going to be the one that ends having to ever go to another damn retreat? (laughs) This could be the one. Not because you have some great experience, because really the whole sense of the groups and why you're in the groups is, is, is really listen to what he says to everyone. We, we're like absorbing the principles of right view, of how to recognize right view, of how to trust it, of how to apply it, of how to bring right view and awareness to whatever the heck is going on. Absorbing the principles 
for our life. He said in one of the groups, you know, if you can't bring this into your life, it's worthless. That's his attitude. He really believes that, and that's from his own practice, own experience, not conceptual, not theoretical. So it's not to make something happen here, but just absorb the principles of trusting right view, of how to bring mindful awareness to whatever's happening, that everything that arises is just an object of awareness, that simple and clean mind. And that's what we, you know, hopefully we're absorbing. Learn to trust it, and then we can bring it into our lives, because it's just always right here. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.